so I'm going to just do a quick introduction. I don't do long introductions because they're just, I don't know. They're just awkward. I'm the like, ones that last like half an hour. <laughs> God. And they're like, and here's our sponsor. And this is what I did yesterday. One day, I'm like, no. One day you'll have a sponsor. One day you'll get to talk about Squarespace for half an hour. and <laughs> Casper. Casper Mastery. <laughs> all right so uh welcome to let's talk for reals um this title is john approved and today we have simone ritchie like nicole ritchie (laughs) um on the podcast today and we will be discussing um cult classic drop dead gorgeous and simone i first have to let you know that you will be running most of the discussion of this because the last time I saw this movie, I was like 12, I want to say. Oh my god, 12? <laughs> 12. Okay, my mom let me watch Unfaithful when I was 11, so. <laughs> I, wish, I wish, like, so many friends that, like, and I mean, I guess it was a good thing because, like, I had parents who, they were great parents and, like, they had weird, but they had weird reasons for not letting us watch stuff, so, like, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons at all, but, like, I feel like that's pretty common. I was allowed to watch Spongebob. Like, my mom is a huge fan of Spongebob, but I wasn't allowed to watch Powerpuff Girls because, according to my mom, like, she didn't like how much violence was in the show. But I was always envious of, like, the people whose parents just, like, let them watch whatever. So, wow. I wish I had your parents. I had had great parents, but, like... (laughs) So this turned into a Simone's parents roast, I guess. (laughs) Therapy. (laughs) This is a therapy. Now. 12, 12 for, I mean, I guess I would have enjoyed this movie at 12, but like, I feel like so much of the movie, like, it's not funny if you're like, not, I don't want to say 12. Well, yeah, like, if you're, if you're 12, I feel like it's like pretty dresses and murder. Oh, I didn't know what the hell was going on the whole time. I was just like, I like the way that they're interviewing these people, and it's like funny in a way, like, I don't know if I, I guess I understood what Unfaithful was about, but like this guy, if you haven't watched Unfaithful with with Richard Gere, it's a great film, but don't let your 11 year olds watch it. He he doesn't get naked in that movie, does he? Or am I thinking of like different, what's in different movie? No, he does get naked in um, American Gigolo. Okay. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Full frontal Richard Gere. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> were you watching that at eleven? Were you watching American Gigolo at eleven? No, no. <laughs> I might as well have been if I watched Unfaithful. <laughs> no, I like. I mean, when I I think I watched the movie the first time. I think I watched it for the first time in college because mm-hmm. I like grew up. I was a huge fan. I've always loved mockumentaries. Like I was a huge fan of. Christopher Guest movies and like I watched The Office and Parks and Recreation in high school but like I think I don't even remember how I heard about the movie for the first time but I was in college and I I'm from uh the Twin Cities I'm from Minnesota where the movie takes place and where they shot it and I think I remember hearing about like oh there's this movie with like it's a mockumentary and it makes fun of Minnesotans and it was shot there 
and it has Kirsten Dunst in it and Brittany Murphy. And I think like for me, I mean, still me today, but like college me was like, yep, that is a movie made for me. And I immediately watched it probably on one, two, three movies.com. And it, I just, it's so funny. And like, it's one of those movies I think like, you find like a new thing that is just like a little tiny detail. That's just so funny. Every time you watch it, it's just, oh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love it so much. It's- I mean, I just think about Amy Adams wearing a little, a little cheerleading skirt with the most high pitched voice. Well, and Amy Adams, like, so that was her first ever. I, I want to say first ever movie. Because she is from, I think, like, Colorado or something. And she moved to Minnesota to do dinner theater. And they happened to do, like, a casting call in the Twin Cities. And she was like, well, I'll do it. And that was her first movie. And then the director of the dinner theater that she worked at, it's called Chanhassen Dinner Theaters. If if you live in Minnesota, like, you know what that is. Um, the director at the time was like, you need to go out to Hollywood and become a movie star. And she did. And the rest is history. She is. Like, she hasn't won an Academy Award, but you know. Well, I mean, the stuff I, I used to be like, you know, when is Amy Adams going to get the Academy Award? Like, (laughs) but like the stuff she's been making lately, she deserve one. (laughs) What happened? I, we need to pinpoint the downward trajectory. (laughs) Oh, um, Arrival was really good. I think Arrival was like the last yes. one she made that like I really wanted her to win for. But like I th- I want to say she made Vice right after that. And Vice is j- I I don't like Adam McKay. I don't think he makes good movies. I don't think he respects his audience. That could be an entirely different podcast episode. But that was about to say <laughs> he like I think it was I want to say it was Vice. I don't know. I don't have her IMDb pulled up right now, but like probably viral. I think it is, yeah. Spiral. Because then you go into stuff like Hillbilly Elegy and like she's just Oh god. She's lost the plot. I mean, the woman in the window of the house across the street looking into the whatever. I forgot about that movie. (laughs) I mean I'm not gonna lie, I had I had fun watching it. I had fun watching it. I'm sure I like I mean, I'm sure I watched it because I think it came out like during lockdown. I'm sure I like drank mm-hmm. a bunch of drinks and watched that movie. But oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, God, she's got, she's got. You should start. You should do a podcast where like everybody picks an Amy Adams movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is not in any way um, smearing her good name. It's just, we want the best for Amy Adams. The chance she listens to this ever. Amy, I love you, and you're, like, one of my favorite actors ever. <laughs> please hire a new agent. Like, please pick better projects. I'm very- We're begging you. It's, for night- it's hard out here. Yeah. it It's hard. It's hard to believe that her next film is gonna be good when it's, like, Oh, this woman thinks she's turning into a dog. I have hope for it, though. I haven't read the book, but, like, I've heard the book is very good. And it's being directed by Marielle Heller, who I really like. Like, I think she's just... She does really, like, cool... Like, that Mr. Rogers movie that she made was, like... That could have been totally boring. And I think she did something really cool and unique with it. So, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. I want her to win an Oscar so bad. (laughs) 
<laughs> she <laughs> because when Hillbilly Elegy came out, I remember seeing that trailer and being like, "If she wins an Oscar for this, I'm never gonna recover." <laughs> isn't isn't he the guy now who's like running for Congress? And there's that ad where he's like, "Do you hate Mexicans? Do you hate women?" Or something like that. <laughs> I mean, probably, <laughs> probably. I think it's him. I would say, unfortunately, that could be like any member of the Republican Party. Um, yeah, GOP but blanket description. I know that he's like a terrible person, and like I think he, I think he's like just he really likes Donald Trump and whatever. But like, she's very bad in that movie, and uh, I just want the best for her. But I think like Drop Dead Gorgeous is. To, like, to have that be, like, your first movie, at least, like, for me as an Amy Adams stan who, like, loves when she does, like, real characters. Camp. Yeah, well, like, and she's so good at characters. Like, she just... Yeah. She's one of those actors that just... I don't want to say, like, she's like Meryl Streep because, like, whatever. But she... You kind of forget that she is Amy Adams. Like, she just effortlessly blends into the roles she plays. And she just like, oh, God, I love her in this movie. She's just so funny. And you know that she didn't do any kind of goddamn method acting. You know, she yes. didn't become a cheerleader for six months and live that life. I hope no one in this movie like went method. Like, could you imagine? If- you think Kirsten Denise Richards? <laughs> <laughs> she's going doing method acting. She's like another actor that like, I watch her in this. I think like. I think this was, like, I knew who she was, but I think this was, like, the first movie I saw where, like, I saw her as an actor. Because I did, I know for sure I didn't watch, like, Starship Troopers until later in college. I know for sure I didn't watch Wild Things until later in college. Which, highly recommend that movie to anybody who wants to watch a campy thrill. I second Wild it. Things. Um, but, like, I remember, like, thinking she was, like, this nutcase that was divorced from charlie sheen and i remember watching the movie and being like she's like really funny (laughs) like she's really really good and really really underrated and i'm gonna say something controversial i also think kyle richards is an incredibly talented actress well (laughs) and her sister kim even more Shame the alcohol, the drugs. Have they? Which one child actor? Kyle, right? Are they both child? Kyle's the one from Halloween. They're both child actors, actresses, actors, whatever. Aside from Real Housewives, which I consider just like Greek tragedy, some of the scenes, but (laughs) like, I mean, Beast, that is just like Shakespeare. Like when she when she takes off her fake leg, she's like, the only thing that's fake about me is this. I I'm sorry, people who look down on people who watch the Real Housewives, they don't understand the artistry. Hi, Camp. I think okay. I mean, like I I feel like is the leg Beverly Hills or is the leg Orange County? I believe the leg. <laughs> this is. Just- it's just, we've strayed so far from the topic at hand. Oh, trust me, Denise Richards. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But the leg... Not too far. The leg, I feel like... It's New York, I think. I think the leg is New York. The leg, I feel like the scene with the leg is like... 
That's like the most- for anyone that's asking, it's a prosthetic leg that one of the housewives wore. Yeah, they're like literally sitting at dinner and she they get into an argument and I forget what makes her do that, but she's like, the only thing fake about you, me, is this, and she like pulls off her leg from the table and throws it across. Oh my god! If I were there, I would have been like slay. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I feel like the leg like if you're like getting it if you're like introducing someone to housewives the leg I feel like you can't start with the leg I feel like you have to start no. with, like honestly I would start you need Jen Shaw that whole ordeal is so <laughs> I love Real Housewives of Salt Lake City it's just so good I would I just I would start with the fallout of Jill and um Bethany <laughs> And then, like, the <laughs> the reconnection at Jill's um, now-deceased husband um, at his funeral, oh where God. Jill said, Bobby, Bobby loved you till the end, Beth. Why am I giving her a Southern accent? <laughs> I'm trying to do a New York accent, but it's just not, I forgot about not coming up. Real Housewives. Oh, I was crying. Real Housewives. I was crying. Yes. That should happen. <laughs> I mean, Brandy, I know you like podcasts. If you want to come on. <laughs> Girl, what is your favorite movie? Oh my God. <laughs> I would love to, like, that would be, like, if I, like, I would love to ask the housewives, like, what their favorite movies are. Not only because I'd love to see, like, what they watch, but, like, I don't, just, I feel like it would just say so much about them. I. <laughs> you think Sonia Morgan is, like, I'm a cinephile. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson movies that, like. <laughs> Two in the morning. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> she watches Wong Kar Wai at like three. She's like, oh. oh my god! Like now I now I'm just like thinking about like what their favorite movies would be. Wow. Jill definitely is Goodfellas <laughs> for sure. Not Bethany. No, Be- Bethany probably likes that one too, though. Don't you? Think? Mm, I think so too. Yeah, I guess she's more like, I think she's more like, okay, so Bethany Goodfellas and Jill the Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part one and two. One and two. <laughs> wow. What do we think Denise? For sure. Denise Richards' favorite movie. Like, I know Denise Richards has good taste in films. Like, she should be going to the Criterion Closet. Well, I was going to say, like, she probably does because the movies she has done are really good. Like, Starship Troopers. She's good. She's good. And like... She's... I mean, Denise Richards stands right now. <laughs> Make some noise. <laughs> yeah, she... So she's in this movie. Brittany Murphy is in this movie. And she... Oh. Brittany Murphy is just... Oh, she's so good in everything she does. And like... They, they don't make them like that anymore. No, and I think like... I've, like, thought about it a lot because I'm like, well, would, like, we actually still really like Brittany Murphy or is it just sad that she died young? And, like, no. if you go back and watch her movies, like, she is just, like, she's a movie star. Like, I feel like we talk so much now about, like, there's no movie stars anymore. We don't have any movie stars. And, like, I think that's true. But yeah. she, she's just, everything she does, she's just so, like magnetic and relatable and like the character charismatic yes and the character she plays in this movie i think is their name i think her name is lisa like <laughs> so funny and, <laughs> and i will say she does the i mean denise richard isn't really trying 
Kirstie Alley's accent work in this movie is not very good. But Brittany Murphy's accent work in this movie and Kirsten Dunst, who we already know, like, can do an incredible Minnesotan accent. Mama. I could talk. Mama. I could write, like, an entire book on Kirsten Dunst and I wouldn't have enough room. Her filmography is insane. Just, and she's just, I love her so much. Like, this past award season, I had such a fun time just watching her, like, her get dressed up. You mean the Lady Gaga interview? Oh my god. Where Lady Gaga's like, you know how sometimes you drink the water and you think it's alcohol when you're acting? She had the best reaction. She just, she's she's like, she strikes me as like, just a really like, fun and cool person, but like an incredible actor, and this is one of my, like, this, I don't know if it's my absolute favorite, but this is, like, one of my favorite movies of hers, because she's just, she's so good, and her accent is fantastic. Same with Brittany Murphy's, but, like, the rest of them. Where was the dialogue? I, <laughs> I'd i say this one, and bring it, uh, is it bring it up? Or oh, bring it on the, oh, she's so good in that movie. She's just, I mean, and and I get. I don't think this is controversial, but I've said it to a lot of people who maybe are less online, and maybe that's why like it's controversial. But her Spider-Man trilogy, those are the best Spider-Man movies. Those are the best. Superior. Those are the best ones. Like they're just their comic books come to life, and she's a great Mary Jane, and oh, that's a movie star. Listen. Like- <laughs> What can I say? I have my bone to pick with Marvel, just politically, um, aesthetically, what they've done to the film industry. Um, I mean, I could go on, but those Spider-Man films, literally cultural reset. <laughs> like They're so good. And I mean, like oof. the third, well, the third one, maybe not, but I'll still watch it. They're just, they are... I think, like, not to, like, talk about Marvel movies and superhero movies, but I think, like, what the Marvel movies today lack is that they don't, they don't feel like comic books. Like, they feel like generic action movies. Like, they feel like they all, they all feel like that one uh, CIA propaganda movie John Krasinski made, which I don't remember the name of it. But, like, they just don't, he, it's like the one about, oh my God. The one about um... What was that thing everybody got mad at Hillary Clinton for? Oh my god. <laughs> Chillin' in Cedar Rapids. God, it, it's not like it it's not the point, but it's like it's it looks like a Michael Bay movie. I think it is a Michael Bay movie. But like those Spider-Man movies, like they feel like comic books. They're just so Yeah. And they don't make them like that anymore, unfortunately. They don't take risks. They're pre-packaged. They're very generic. They try to take themselves too seriously. There's too many of them, so it becomes inaccessible at one point. So it's like, they're not memorable, you know? No No one's like, oh, do you remember that seventh uh, Doctor Strange movie that came out in, like, 2023? And then the same one that came out eight? Like, what are we doing? I was going to say, the only things I remember from Marvel movies, in all honesty, are, like, the end credit scenes when they introduce a new character but only when they have, like, an actor I like. Like, if it's any... It's like, okay, I don't care. I don't remember what happened in the last one. I don't remember who died. It just... It feels like Marvel fans are being constantly edged. 
every single film because they're just waiting for those end credits to see someone surprised like oh my god brett goldstein showed up in this oh my god adam sandler is now the ant-man because paul rudd decided to cancel his contract (laughs) that's not actually happening is it no (laughs) can you imagine has there i'm a prophet has there ever been a marvel end credit scene that's left me truly gagged because i have one I do have one that left me genuinely surprised. You know, I don't say this as, like, highbrow, condescending. Nothing Marvel has left me gagged. I'm still waiting. Not even... Like, I stopped watching. Not, like, not even you, the... What was the thing? Didn't they, like, put John Krasinski in, like, as Mr. Fantastic, and then, like, Sam Raimi came? I haven't seen. That was fans. I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say the only time I was ever gagged, Ages of Shield, Phil Coulson, Melinda May kissing, middle age, winning once through a Marvel show. I mean, my crops were watered for a year. Well, but then that sh- okay, then that show got canceled, didn't it? Oh yeah, and then she ended up alone. So then it's like, well, we don't care about women unless they're twenty five. Or younger. Yeah. I mean, Ming could probably kill everybody in the Marvel industry. I will say, (laughs) the ending of Black Widow was when it left me gay. But it was only because of JLD. And I didn't know she was in the movie. And I didn't know she was in... What's that? I forget the TV show she's on. The Marvel show. But... Which of the ten? (laughs) I don't remember. (laughs) I don't... See what I mean? (laughs) Do you see what I mean? No, she was in it, and I watched it, and I was like, I'll watch Black Widow, why not? And I didn't care, and I watched the credits, because I knew there'd be something at the end. And I was like, oh my god, who is she playing in these? And it almost enticed me to, like, continue watching Marvel movies and the TV shows, but no. When I heard Brett Goldstein was on a Marvel film and getting his own Marvel show, I said, whoever is still thinking we're getting another season of this show... Baby, it's over. This is, like, well done and buried. These people have moved the fuck on. It'll be like Euphoria. Like, you'll just, like, have to wait, like, two years between seasons. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'm so sorry to the cast and crew. But um, we forgot to kind of give a little bit of a plot summary to this film. So if you could give us... Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, it came out in 1999. So, you know, to me, that's relatively fresh. Okay? I mean, I like to think that's fresh, but, like, it's not. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is relatively fresh. I don't think... Which, like, whatever. I will watch a movie from whenever and stuff that's in it that's bad. is It's, you know, a sign of the times. But I think, like, watching this movie now and, like, hearing some of the jokes and, like, what they think is funny and, like, who they choose to make fun of and stuff like that, it's like, whoa, this was definitely made more than 20 years ago. Oh, you mean, you mean some of the... The uh, Judges, mainly, is what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Some of the slurs. Yeah, and the slurs, which we can get into. We can get into that later, but... I, I agree. I mean, people need to grow up and realize that context matters. Absolutely. It's like people were trying to cancel Seinfeld, and I'm like, are you guys okay? Like, 
We don't need to get into that, but that was one that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen on Twitter. <laughs> I was watching Frasier because it's my favorite sitcom, and I'm like, people would cancel the hell out of this show today. Oh, that none of those shows would like be even like The Office wouldn't be able to be made today, like, or it would get canceled within a month, like. But anyway, made in 1999, starring we've already like kind of talked about the cast, but like. Mm-hmm. Kirstie Alley, Kirsten Dunst, um, Brittany Murphy, Denise Richards, Amy Adams, uh, Kurt, uh, uh, Allison Janney. Like, the cast is stacked. Ellen Barkin. Stacked. Stacked. <laughs> stacked to the brim. And I don't think, I'm trying to think of, like, if there's any, like, men in this movie. Maybe that's part of the reason why I like it so much. is that it's- Sam McMurray. But, like, there aren't... Mm-mm. Like she kills spoilers. She kills that one guy like right away. <laughs> I always said that Drop Dead Gorgeous. It's like if you put Napoleon Dynamite, The Office, and Fargo into a blender, but it's from the. It's very feminine. Like it's about women and how insane women. Are, which is a good thing in my opinion that, you know those are really good like those are great comparisons i think because like it's so it's very character driven which is like i mean mm-hmm. there is a plot but like at the end of the day like any good mockumentary is gonna focus on like how weird these people are but like the murder kind of because you do want to i mean you know who's doing it the entire time but you kind of do want to follow them like a piece of like their murder mystery together like fargo so which you know who's doing it in fargo so but yeah i just it's such a good chipper well and god and i will say too fargo is one of my favorite movies i really really love it not even because i'm from minnesota but it's just a really good movie and i love the tv show but one thing I will say, I do think that Drop Dead Gorgeous nails what it feels like to be a Minnesotan in ways that, like, it just just a little bit better than Fargo does. Fargo, like, Fargo is more like, let's make fun of these weird people, which, like, Minnesota, mm. Minnesotans and Minnesota culture is very weird. Like, the way it is depicted in Fargo, the way those people talk... Like, people talk like that. Not so much in the Twin Cities, but, like, people talk like that. But Drop Dead Gorgeous just nails, like, the way people treat each other in the Midwest. There's just, like, this kind of passive-aggressive, like, love your hair, hope you win. Like, it's just, they nail it. And it's so good. And I know the woman that wrote it is from Minnesota. Um, I don't see how you could write a movie like that and not be from the place that it's set in. But it just, like, it nails being a Minnesotan. And I think, like, oh, I just love it so much. It's so good. It's my favorite movie that's set where I live, where I'm from, etc. That one, like, makes more fun. of Like, how I would describe it is, like, you know the scene in Fargo where Frances McDormand, I forget her character's name, she goes out to lunch with that guy she went to high school with. And it doesn't progress mm-hmm. the plot at all. It's just them going out to lunch and being incredibly awkward and passive-aggressive. That is like the perfect example of like it just that's the most Minis- one of the most Minnesotan scenes I've ever seen in a movie. But at the same time, it's like let's make fun of this. Whereas Drop Dead Gorgeous is that throughout, but it's more like this is just the way these people are. 
It's more effective, it's, I feel. It's just like putting glitter on something exactly. and making it shine a little bit more. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Because when I think of genuine Southern comedies, I immediately think of Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And I think it's because Reese was in that film and she's just like, aside from the NFTs allegations and whatever, (laughs) she's just... According to Dumas, she's not the nicest person. So, you know. I mean, everybody saw that video of her getting arrested while drunk. Like, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) You know. But (laughs) she... I mean, if anyone has worked her ass off to be taken seriously, it's probably been Reese Witherspoon. And, like, she is the quintessential American Southern girl. You know, the Southern... Not white trash. I don't want to say it like that, but, like, that in-between. Well, she just... She plays, like... I wouldn't even say working class, but, like, I guess they would be considered working class. She just plays, like, middle class, like, girl next door characters so well and i i mean it that's her type like yeah whatever but like i feel like that i feel the same way you do about like sweet home alabama about something like sweet magnolias where like yes that i don't know well i'm sure what's her face is um i think julia Roberts. well i think julia roberts is from the south but shirley mclean i think is from the south and they just play those characters with like i mean there's like a little like tongue-in-cheek like isn't this funny but like it just it seems like it comes from such a place of affection that Mm -hmm. i think like drop dead gorgeous has that like you could it's just written into the script like there's this affection for Minnesota and how weird it is and how like all of our little mm-hmm. eccentricities, which I just, I love it so much. It just makes me so happy to watch as someone who lives here. So. I I mean, I absolutely love that because if someone were to make a film about my hometown, Caracas, Venezuela, I mean, I'd be depressed as hell <laughs> because it's just like violence, political turmoil. Yeah. And a lot of women with a lot of plastic surgery. And I don't say that as like plastic surgery being a bad thing. The problem is my culture has built that in women, like as a need. Yeah. Not as like a want, like, oh, you know, I want to get this done. So like hearing you talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous as having a piece of yourself kind of reflected in that. Not just, like, yourself. I don't mean, like, oh, you're, you want to be in a pageant and, like, be a bitch and, like, kill fellow contestants and, like, oh, my God. I mean, my land is your land, you know? I mean, maybe I do. Who knows? But. (laughs) I mean, you live your life any way you want to live it, you know? I'm not telling you how to live. But I just think about, about how much, (laughs) how much of my own culture of where I'm starting now to see it a little bit like with father of the bride Mm. um the reboot with Andy Garcia how much it fucking worked because it was set in Miami it really captured Miami culture in this like cultural clash of like yeah we're in the United States but we're in Hialeah yeah. okay like we are Calle Ocho and I'm not Cuban but like a Cuban kin at this point Venezuelans are and kind of like having a cult film like Drop Dead Gorgeous celebrate Minnesota in a very satirical 
way, it's fun. It's like, little- it feels like it's honoring, you know? Well, and, like, I feel like, not to, like, you know, whatever, but I feel like, I mean, as a kid, and it's, like you were saying, different now. Like, I feel like, as a kid, there were very few people I saw, like, on TV and in movies that I felt like I could relate to, whether it be, like, mm-hmm. I looked like them or, like... They looked like my parents, like my parents um, were in an interracial relationship when I was a little kid. I'm biracial. Um, and I I mean, now, but I just like, I never saw anybody that looked like me. And so now, like, as an adult, like, there are so many people that, like, I can, like, look at and be like, oh, my God, that, like, that's me. But, like, I feel like, too, like, it's also important to, like, see where you're from, like, representative media. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Minnesota or like the Midwest in general gets made fun of, and honestly, rightfully so. Like the things that we get picked on for, <laughs> we deserve. But it's just like, especially like being from the middle of the country where like you just don't see yourself portrayed. Like it's just fun to like see it. I don't know, especially when they shoot it in Minnesota. They don't make movies in Minnesota anymore, unfortunately. But it just Boo. so, yeah, it's just so cool to like. I don't know. I just love it so much. And I I don't think that I think I would still think it was like a really funny movie and like I'd love it and think it was hilarious if I wasn't from Minnesota, but I think that element just like endears me to it that much more. Like it makes it there's like an actual affection that I have for the movie because of that. It's just so much fun. I mean, I this is going to sound strange from someone who comes from South America but I find comfort in Midwestern culture because technically I grew up I grew up in Florida but um when I was in the eighth grade I moved to Lakeland which is in central Florida and I always consider central Florida the Midwest of Florida Mm. because there's just so much Midwestern culture and I just I just the the ritual of being from the Midwest where like you go to work you come home and you watch TV. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> there's nothing to do on the weekends except go to the one movie theater in town and like. There, I mean, well, I, yeah, that is true. I was that's true in the suburbs. I live in Minneapolis, but I grew up in a suburb, and like, yes, like you kind of you wake up, you get drive to work, you drive back home, and yeah, you either go to the bar or you go to the movie theater. Sometimes both mm-hmm. weekends. But there is, like, a lot of, I, yeah, I like, like, I like thinking of it that way. There is a lot of ritual, I think, in living in the Midwest. Whereas when you live in, like, a big metropolitan area, you just have so mm-hmm. much variety and, like, there's just so much to do that your days probably won't look all the same. But there is a lot of ritual that comes with living in the Midwest. And, like, just, like, ritual and, like, tradition. Like, mm-hmm. what how we spend holidays or how we celebrate a snow day or like something like that so you're like making me like so happy that i am from where i am and like i oh i love it (laughs) i grew up in i grew up in that kind of ritual and i find it comforting and like i have friends that say don't you want to get out of florida whatever and i'm like yeah but also yeah i just i love routine I'm very, like, comfortable That's me. knowing what my day-to-day is going to be, right. you know? And, like, the internet has afforded me the opportunities to kind of do both of those things, like, meet new people, mm. 
And like I can, you know, travel somewhere and do a specific job. But like at the end of the day, I find comfort in going to work, watching my TV, going to the bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and some people just don't get that because, you know, I'm young. I'm supposed to be living my life. And I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I'm going to move. Maybe I am going to move more into the Midwest and you people just leave me alone. <laughs> I mean... You should. That's where everybody, I was, this is bleak. And this is like the sign that we can change the topic. But I was talking with a friend last night about uh, climate migration and how we're going to see people mm. push in and up in the United States from the coasts. And I was like, get ready. We're about to meet a lot of new people that are about to move to Minnesota because their houses are going under. So when Florida goes underwater, you are more than welcome to come to the Twin Cities. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, you, Twin City, Sam has offered me Colorado. So I love Colorado. I have options. I love Colorado. I mean, it's it's beautiful. It is. Speaking of settings, <laughs> I love anything that's set in like high school and like the actors are clearly not in high school. It's just like so drop their gorgeous. They're doing this pageant, and there's nothing more American than a pageant, you know? And I want you to describe to our listeners, how do these women look who are technically teens? So, like, please start with Denise Richards. Well, I mean, like, I feel like, first of all, like, Denise Richards, like, being any kind of high schooler, like... I feel this way about, like, whenever I watch Wild Things, which I've seen multiple times, because it's just, it's, it's such a good, like, campy thriller. But he does not, she doesn't even look like, she just, I mean, like, of all the teenagers, or all the actors that are adults that have ever played teenagers, I think she's the most ridiculous one. And, like, that includes all of Dawson's Creek, that includes, like, all of Glee, all of Gossip Girl, like, she looks... <laughs> <laughs> and I think that there's like I don't know if Drop Dead Gorgeous really does it but I think that there are some shows or movies that like they really play into the fact that like are they kind of treated as a joke that like we know these are people that look like they're like 30 because they are but I, like Denise Richards maybe, maybe Amy Adams but I feel like Brittany Murphy and Kristen Dunst are totally passable high schoolers in this movie. And I don't know how old they were when this was made, but they they definitely, like, embody... Early 20s. Okay. I yeah. was definitely feel like teenagers. Just in the way yeah. like, they look and, like, act. Especially Brittany Murphy. Like, I think she plays that, like, awkward, overconfident teenager really, really well. <sighs> Denise Richards looks like in this film, like she's already hitting the bar every single night, you know, like she is already has a 401k and he's having a mortgage. He's having her drinks bought for her, like for her. She's having an affair with a married man. Exactly. Like she's also she's just stunning. She, okay. She is like she's so beautiful. Like I don't I just <laughs> gagged <laughs> exactly he's one of those people like i think like meg ryan is another one like this for me where like you see like just how beautiful they were and then you see them now and it's like 
Oof. I still look fine, but like it's more like you real or Courtney Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox too. Demi Moore. Why did you do that to your face? You were so cute and pretty. Like society. We I'm- live in a society. <laughs> we are socially conditioned. <laughs> it do be that way. <laughs> it fucking sucks because oh, I hate Hollywood. Like I really do like imagine if hollywood would set were set free by societal standards it wouldn't exist like (laughs) it wouldn't exist (laughs) scientology gone gone elizabeth moss free free (laughs) gagged Uh, (laughs) but yeah so denise Denise is a high schooler and like so they they introduce all these teenagers and they all are like very weird. Oh, I will say I always forget about this girl every time I watch the movie. And it's like a surprise for me every time for some reason. But the girl that is obsessed with dogs. You know what? I love her. That was the only character I could relate to. Okay. That was me when I was a little kid. That's me now. Okay. <laughs> I have that that Paul Mom sticker on my car. Okay. <laughs> when she, I love like the, the so they the, the movie shows like it shows them getting ready for the pageant, leading up to the pageant, and then like during the pageant, it shows them competing. And it's a beauty pageant, so they all have to do the they have a talent portion. <clears throat> they all do these different talents, and like they all suit their characters very well. But the girl that does that is obsessed with the dogs does like. These are different dog barks. This is a German Shepherd. And it kills me every time. It's just so funny. She is. She's giving them nuance. Okay. Dogs. Her and the girl that's the actor that does the Soylent Green monologue for the talent portion. They're just so funny. They're so funny. The girl that has adopted girl. That's. Jokes from 1999, but... <laughs> Speaking of 1999, what are your thoughts <laughs> the judges and the use of the slurs? Well, like, honestly, I I mean, the use of the slurs is unforgivable, but, like, it also, like, I think that, like, with that slur in particular, and this is not to excuse anybody saying it or anything like no. that, I don't need to be cancelled, but... <laughs> I don't. But it, it, I feel like it reminds you, like, it has not been very long since we decided that was a word we weren't going to use anymore. Like, I remember saying that word on the playground. To your siblings? Yes. Yeah. As a little kid. Who wasn't, who wasn't called by their sibling by that word? Exactly. And, like, yeah. I think I think in watching this movie in particular, it's like, oh, wow. Like, cause it, like I mean, 1999 was a while ago, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, in the history of cinema, it's not. So it's, it's shocking to like think that we all thought that was okay and like genuinely funny. What surprises me more and like ekes me out more, like don't get me wrong, the slur stuff is bad, but the judge who is like very obviously a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> what it, we need a I just think of Little Miss Sunshine and like every other pa- like that that episode of It's Always Sunny where like um Oh, the- what's his name's character? 
what is his little Frank some Frank's little beauties or whatever? Frank's little beauties, and he has to clarify that he's not a pedophile, and everybody thinks he's a pedophile because what are men doing in young women's pageants? <laughs> it just like I think like like those jokes in particular, like I totally get what the objective was with those jokes, but I think like living in like post me too post weinstein fallout like stuff like that is just like it's so it's not not even cringy it's just it's like oh my god like you don't even laugh you just like you feel sorry for these girls and like you want to like go in and save them and make sure he doesn't talk to them (laughs) (laughs) it's it's here's here's where i land with something like that I am a huge advocate for more films like this, like Mean Girls, Clueless, where it's just so female-centric, where women are given the space to be absolutely deranged and insane and insulting, vulgar, but still look absolutely immaculate and just absolutely vile human beings. Like, to me... That's camp. Women and like women being allowed to like be terrible people is like my favorite subgenre of movies. It's just like because you don't and like not even just terrible people and like they get away with it, but like terrible people and have to face the actions of their consequences because you just one hundred percent you just don't see that very often in at least American movie film, movies and stuff like that. So. I think it's just we've taken the idea. First of all, I guess the Me Too movement did nothing because we've seen everything that's been happening, period, with the way women are treated. Like, But now it's like, I feel like we just hold female narratives to a higher standard. Yeah. That is just, it's limiting us to explore you know though a film like drop their gorgeous is just not being made right now and like i always feel like the last film that even came close was mean girls and mean girls are like like, maybe john tucker must die maybe but like maybe not not at that like level of camp that you're talking about because i would argue that there are parts of mean girls that are very campy like looking back on them just the way they like talk about like different cliques in high school and the way they dress and like but I would maybe argue John Tucker must die but yeah there has not been like oh and well and like and a movie too that like is explicitly made for women yes like agreed it's just so good I love it so much and for women that are terrible yeah us I want movies for hags like us. Well, and I just, like, I feel like, like, drop in, just, like, talk about, like, facing consequences for your actions. Like, everyone in this movie that does something bad gets their comeuppance, and everyone in this movie that is, like, good the entire time wins. Like, <laughs> the end- You think Amy Adams' character having a hair salon is winning? She doesn't have a hair- No, that reminded me. She doesn't have a hair salon. She becomes a- She becomes a, a stripper, and then she, like- That's right. Implied that she got to get sold into sex trafficking. <laughs> I forgot about that part. So, not all of them. Not all of them. But most of them. Like, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. like, the very end. Because they do, like, a little where are they now at the end, which I think is really cute and funny. And, long story short, Kirstie Alley- 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so in case you haven't figured it out and you haven't seen the movie at this point, uh, Kirstie Alley plays herself. Her. Well, herself now. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm just Richard's character's mom, and I forget both of their names right now. Um, oh, Becky Ann Lehman and Gladys Lehman are Denise Richard <sighs> and Kirstie Alley, respectively. And she plays her mom, who is a former pageant princess or queen, whatever. And she re- she runs the pageant and she rigs the pageant to start killing off all of her daughter, like literally killing off all of her daughter's competition. And Kirsten Dunst is her main competitor because she's Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Amber, Dunst. Amber Atkins. And um, she comes in second place. Kirsten Dunst comes in second place because the mom bribes the judges. And so they throw that they have like this big parade down Main Street in their town to celebrate someday in summer, which is very Minnesota accurate, by the way. (laughs) And they put them on, they put Becky on this float and it lights on fire and blows up and kills her. And the mom in like just absolute anguish admits to this entire small town that she killed all of these girls. She's a serial killer, basically. I don't like Kirstie Alley as a person, but like she does stereo really, really well. And maybe that's maybe she's not acting, I don't know. But (laughs) I don't know. Like, but she confesses to all these murders and she gets sent to prison. And the very end, they do this little what where are they now for all the girls? And Kirsten Dunst, after going to the national or the statewide pageant, which is a different little plotline on its own, she goes back home and she witnesses Kirstie Alley's character. Like, what was it? She like holds a grocery store hostage or something. She like, what? I don't sounds know. about right. Yeah, but it sounds about right. The live that this is one of my favorite parts. The live reporter gets shot. <laughs> And Kirsten Dunst runs in because she wants to be a reporter. She wants to be the next Diane Sawyer. She runs in and she does her little, like, (laughs) she becomes the live reporter and she ends up becoming an anchor for the news, like the nightly news in the Twin Cities in St. Paul. It's just, it's so cute and funny, but like, there aren't movies, kind of going back to your point, there aren't movies being made right now, I think, at least ones that are getting actual like wide releases and stuff that are this campy and irreverent and like willing to poke fun at everybody i'm trying to think like just sitting down like god what what was the last great comedy i've seen may i would say maybe the movies the lonely island has made like pop star and hot rod um those are like pretty irreverent Pop star is Bar- documentary. Barb and Star. Oh, I loved Barb and Star. That like Barb and Star was like, <laughs> I feel like it was a wavelength, and you either got on it or you didn't, and or you, you didn't. And if you did get on it, you were like in for the time of your life. I love that movie. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. I mean, Jamie, what's his last name? Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Dornan. Dornan. <laughs> I was absolutely floored that this man could do comedy. He could sing. He could be charming. Like he was, I thought that's what he was supposed to do in Fifty Shades. And I guess they said, no, we need you to tone down the charm. You need to be a sociopath. Okay. 
Like, well, and that's what I love about this movie is like, and maybe it's it's kind of different because a lot of these actors are like new, fresher earlier on in their careers when this. Mm-hmm. Movie. But I think looking back at it, a lot of these actors, like Kirsten Dunst. I mean, she did teen comedies, so she's probably not a great example. But, like, Amy Adams, we rarely get to see her do, like, really broad comedy. And she's really good at it. Or, like... She's fucking amazing. Alice and Janney, I feel now, does a lot more serious stuff. But, like, she does comedy so well. And she does characters so well that her Minnesotan accent is really good, too, by the way. But... Um, the Duff. The Duff... She's the mom, okay? I've never seen that movie. I know I would love it. I've never seen that movie. That's the closest, I think, aside from John Tucker Must Die, that's the closest we've gotten to... The Dove? I should watch The Dove. Yeah. Watch The Dove. Alice and Janie in that film? Gagged. Keep going. Love when she plays, like... And I guess she kind of always plays these kinds of characters. It's just the type she gets cast in. But I love when she plays moms. She played, like, her in Juno, I think, is one of my favorite roles of hers. She just, like, she nails that kind of, like, I love you so much, but I won't be afraid to make your life a living hell. And, you know, she just, oh, I love her. She's just emotionally distant, but somehow you still feel that she loves you. Yeah, she's just, she's incredible. She was born to play a mom. Like, she came out of the womb, and they put her in a <laughs> sensible two-piece tracksuit, and they put her in a little van with her little soccer ball to take her children like how- <laughs> to <laughs> soccer practice. That's like how Denise Richards was born to play teenagers who look like they're 30. <laughs> she came out of the womb looking like a stripper, so, like, <laughs> I don't know what else I can tell you. <laughs> And, like, I'm trying to think of, like, I feel like another thing I wish, and I get that, like, I think we kind of got it in TV shows instead of movies, but I wish mm-hmm. that, like, we had more mockumentary movies. I think that, like, the format suits, like, a 90-minute story so much better than, like, an eight-season TV show because it just doesn't... After a while, like, I feel like all the TV shows that are mockumentaries, they kind of forget that they are mockumentaries, whereas, like, a movie, it can be, like, this found footage thing of... And they present Drop Dead Gorgeous that way. Like, the the movie starts with, like, this is what, you know, Sarah Rose Cosmetics American Teen Princess is. We went to a small town in Minnesota (laughs) to, like, capture some of these contestants. Like, I just, I love that. Like, I love... Christopher Guest is one of my favorite favorite directors because he just his movies are so funny and he uses the format so well um that I just I wish we had more mockumentary movies I think that like we're kind of mockumentaried out as a culture from the office if it were up to me if it were up to me SNL over (laughs) okay on forever Everybody that worked on it can just find new creative liberty and maybe the mockumentary will make a comeback because right now the only one worth watching is Abbott Elementary. Elementary. And that's another one. They use the format really, really well. (sighs) Of the reason why there is a show being filmed. Like, I, I love The Office. The Office is one of my favorite TV shows ever, but I can't... 
there's no real reason that a documentary crew would film a paper company in an office yeah why however yeah whereas like in elementary school i totally get a beauty pageant i totally get a dog show i totally get so dog show oh god yeah best in show is one of my favorite movies ever i almost wanted to talk about that one with you because it's just that movie just gets um (laughs) there's more podcasts to come and i just (laughs) just there's just something so hilarious about people finding their camera and those kind of actors who have that gift like ava in ava elementary who just immediately see that camera and just know what the hell to do well, and I think, too, and Drop Dead Gorgeous is this way, but, like, it it's one of those movies where, like, you can feel... And, I mean, maybe... I don't know. Maybe they didn't have fun filming this. But it, you can, like, almost feel that they had fun making the movie. Like, you watch, like, Best in Show or Abbott Elementary, and you can tell they are having so much fun doing what they're doing. And they just bounce off of each other really, really well. Um, I mean, something like Best in Show, they're actually improvising. I don't know if any of Drop Dead Gorgeous is improvised. It would shock me if it was. But it's just, you can, like, feel how much fun they're having. And I love that, like, in any movie, but especially something like this. Like, you can just, you just, like, see them work and you're like, oh, that, like, looks like fun. Like, I want to jump in and do that. That looks like a good time. I just think we need to bring back, and I know we pivoted from film to tv but we need to bring back the 20 plus season just because Abbott Elementary. i think i'm like i was like oh my god wig because (laughs) i just (laughs) because like and i saw someone said this on twitter and i totally agreed with them because they have 22 episodes they get the space to do filler episodes holiday episodes hello like i'm just thinking if ted lasso had 20 plus episodes and they could do one mockumentary episode of someone filming in the club how fucking hilarious that would be i like i feel like ted lasso not to like pivot to ted lasso i feel like every episode of anything screen spec does is always going to pivot to ted lasso but like god this is a nightmare (laughs) i feel like absolute the episode the beard episode in season two like, a lot of people didn't like that, but I feel like that episode showed, like, this is what these writers are capable of doing. And, like, and we need that. if they had 20 episodes a season, they would be able to do, like, a mockumentary episode of, like, I don't, I, I know we, we, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I don't hate Sam, but I feel like most of us at Screen Spec don't love Sam. <laughs> It, I don't. It, my problem is not with Sam the character. My problem is this. Sam and Rebecca. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, but that's for a different reason. I just feel like they didn't stretch him out enough, mm-hmm. you know. And there's only so much that being earnest can get you because even Ted was a little bit of a dick to Nate at the beginning with, like Nate wanting to do something and Ted's like, "No, I don't think you can do it. You're not ready." Yeah. So, I just think Sam was. Not, not filled out enough. Not well written. Yeah, no, because they were trying to with this whole Dubai Air thing, and then they pivoted to the Rebecca thing, and it just did not make sense, you know. Which is why they did twenty two episodes. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, and and you could tell Sadekas wants that because he kept getting those episodes longer and longer and longer until it was like an hour comedy, and it's like, well, and it's it's a show that like. If it had the space to breathe, like, the characters are already very well written and, like, yep. 
the diet i love like it's one of those shows where like i don't care what they're talking about i want to see different combinations of all the characters just put in rooms together to talk about what's ever going on because they're that well written if they had more space to have like episodes where nothing happens like you have on sitcoms or they have like the issue of the week like yep it's it's because (laughs) it should be a 20 plus series and because there are so many characters it feels like okay you're wasting time with these back characters because we need to focus on the main characters because this shit is ending in three seasons and there's only 10 to 12 episodes per season yeah the christmas episode for me honestly i mean like Yes, it took me back. I want Ted and Rebecca to end up together, but that like it just all of it to like the 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 po- stuff with Higgins on the Christmas episode was my favorite. I just love found family shit always gets me, and I just so agree. It's so. I funny. wish they. I just I just wish so much. That's the problem, and I just I wish they would have. It felt very directionless. Like there was no direction except for Ted and Nate, who you you know Ted Lat. Write the crossover fic now. Ted Lasso in Drop Dead Gorgeous. He dropped at Gorgeous. Gagged. He's the murderer. No, like, I... He, like, could you take out, like, the, the judge that's a pedophile and put Ted Lasso? <laughs> put Ted Lasso. So good. Like, oh, now I really want to see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's so malleable. And I think it's partly it's because of Sadega's, um acting choices as Ted because he can pivot from comedy to very serious as Ted. Um, it lends itself to be a character that you can just place him anywhere, to be honest. You can put him on Fargo and work. <laughs> like, slay. There should be... Do, do you watch the That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana like crossover episodes on Disney Channel? And do I breathe air? <laughs> Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary crossover win. Shut the fuck up, because that would be gagged, okay? It would be like, the kids could, like, either go on, like, a school trip, or the team could, like, go on an American tour and, like, do, like, a clinic with the kids. I'm sorry, but why aren't we in the writer's room for either show? (laughs) Abbott Elementary is one of those shows that I watch, and I'm just, like, I love it so much, and I'm so happy that it got, like, all the Emmy nominations it did. I'm, Mm -hmm. like so excited for quinta brunson i've loved her since buzzfeed and i just think she's so funny but it's one of those shows i watched i'm like this is so good i'm so upset that i have nothing to do with this it's just so i it feels like it's plucked also it's it's like there's just like this hate online for children and i'm like we need this show so these psychopaths can calm down well and i love like not to turn this into the Abbott Elementary cast, but, like, I love how, like, the the children, like, aren't the main focus of the story, but, like, when they do come into play, they're not, like, little caricatures. They're, like, real kids. Mm-mm. Like, the episode where that kid read the Michelle Obama book upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I died. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Or, like, the, the dare, um rapping uh say no to drugs (laughs) i just and that is a show too where like whereas and i think like mockumentary lends itself really well to this i'm trying to like tie it everything back up together i think mockumentary has evolved where like 
we now use it more as a way to like punch up instead of punch down. So like in like in Drop Dead Fortress, instead of like the the judges or that one guy who they keep on calling a slurrer, they like like in Abbott Elementary. In Abbott Elementary, they have like the boyfriend who like you like they kind of set him up to be like, oh, he's gonna be like this deadbeat rapper guy. And he's like this really kind and sweet person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just I love that show so much. That show is like I think the perfect example of like what mockumentary can do and like how it can be used for good. And how comedy has changed in like oh, for oh sure. you actually have to be smart to be funny without insulting someone because well, it's like and like making fun of like making fun more of like the way people interact with each other than like mm-hmm you're ugly like <laughs> yeah like like i'm not gonna lie Kin- uh kinta's character where they make fun of her for having been with one guy her entire life i've been that person and it's like <laughs> it is funny like <laughs> like it's not even like they make fun of her it's like you're you're a prude no. you've been with one guy and it's this guy <laughs> Yes, or like um, Zach, and he's like, "Oh, he saw you." He said, "More." <laughs> that the delivery of that line that earned her the like that's the Emmy alone. Have you seen her stand up? No, I want to though. I really want. Is she just so good? Is I that- swear to God, I, I thought it was gonna piss my pants for real. I could not stop laughing. I, I believe it is. I'm going to watch it as soon as we come off of this call then. Because I love her. She's just so funny. <laughs> well, let's do some uh, closing thoughts on Drop Dead Gorgeous. Aside from, like, people should watch Drop Dead Gorgeous because it's still an incredibly great film. And it has Amy Adam, Kristen Dunst, Brittany, the late Brittany Murphy, whose if- entire filmography you should all watch as well. I would say if you're, like... If you are, I was about to say, if you're like gay and online, I feel like the cast. (gasps) Well, like you know what I mean. Like I feel like the cast is like right up your alley, but like it's just like it's definitely like one of those cult movies that is a cult movie because all the people in it like became bigger than that afterward. It's just it's Mm -hmm. on like different levels of funniness. It reminds me of like Freaks and Geeks in that way. In that like. Very understated, but, like, now, 20 years later, it's, like, the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, I'm begging Denise Richards to do acting again because she should like- I hate untapped potential because that woman does comedy. She should um, do, you know, like, the musical number she performs with, like, the cross and the Jesus? She should, like... That was me. She need. <laughs> She should recreate that on Housewives. I would live. I I would live. (laughs) Like, she has this platform, and I she can turn it into her drop dead gorgeous, but like reality TV. Is she like on social media? I feel like she should be like one of those celebrities, like kind of washed up. If she posts on Instagram a lot, let me see. If she is, I'm definitely tagging her in this episode. Like, I feel like because like I would like to see her. That is someone who like I would like to see. She is make a yeah that is someone who i would like to see make a comeback she could do like like alicia silverstone's instagram presence is just so fun and irreverent like 
Denise Richards, you could be doing this. Like, I want to see this from you. <laughs> she still got in. She's still looking like that stripper at a bar. She could still do this. I want to see more. I believe in her. <laughs> Denise Richards, if you're listening to this, we want to see more of you. Not physically, see- just, I- you know. <laughs> I want to see you create the <clears throat> that song. It's the the love you baby. baby. I want to see her recreate that like entire musical number. It would just be so good. I it's just, do you know that new movie that's gonna come out? It's a horror where like people won't stop smiling. Yes, I saw the trailer for it yesterday, and it genuinely scared me. The trailer. I want to, I want to see that, but it's that kind of camp, com, you know, like, you know, like you're you're in a pageant, and it's like I love you, and you're talking about a married man you had an affair with, and it's like, and like it, it, it should be, it should be noted. The man that she's singing about when she sings that song is Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she's valid. As a lap Catholic myself, she's valid. We should take Jesus Christ in into our lives and love him, baby. He's just too good to be true. Can't take he's just off of you. I'm sorry, he's a 10 and he's a 10 because he walks on water. So he'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold him so much. I always, I always tell people that if I ever do drag, which I would love to do, that would be the first number I would do. Would be with like the big stuffed Jesus and the cross. I would look. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that like that, that I think is if there's one scene from Drop Dead Gorgeous that like kind of encapsulates the whole movie, it is that. It is that. It is her coming on stage for her talent portion. And dancing around with a stuffed Jesus and a cross. And it's exactly how you're imagining it in your head. It's ridiculous. And singing that song. Like, it doesn't get better than that. I will say, before we sign off, that Drop That Gorgeous is unfortunately not on Amazon, Netflix, Hulu. It's nowhere to be found unless you buy the DVD or you don't torrent because it's illegal. It used to be. But you know what I mean. I remember, like, I think last year they made a big deal of it on Twitter. Like they put it on Hulu and then it was on HBO for a while. So I think it, it, it'll come back. I think I, it's one of those. I was so mad. I couldn't wa- rewatch it for this episode. I was like, I haven't seen this movie since I was 12, but I remember every single thing that happened on Unfaithful. <laughs> I was dead ass going to be Simone. I guess we're going to talk about Unfaithful today. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I think I watched that once in high school and I don't remember what happens in it i know it's like an erotic thriller but other than that to this day i can't see a snow globe because (laughs) trigger (laughs) and persian rugs (laughs) i just can't see that maybe i'll I'll watch that too i'll watch the janelle james comedy special and then i'll you know what i'll watch unfaithful (laughs) we'll we'll have another episode where we talk about unfaithful (laughs) diane lane (laughs) It makes sense that what happens in that film happens to her because Diane Lane truly is just. He like like out of all the skinny white women, she's hot. Does he kill her in that movie? I don't remember. Not not her. Um, spoiler alerts. He <laughs> kills the lover. Yeah, so he kills the lover with the snow globe and then rolls him up in a Persian uh, rug and throws his ass into the trash. Now I remember. 
I remember that movie now. I was confused. I mean, I was gagged. Well, I was confusing it with the the movie. It's not that good, but the one with Beyonce and Idris Elba. <laughs> I forget what it's called. And like she, the other woman, like stalks Beyonce. <laughs> There's only one pop star that can pull off acting, and it's Janet Jackson, <laughs> and that's it. Not okay. Ga- not Gaga. <laughs> You're oh god, the monsters are gonna get me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I do. I do think Gaga can act. It's just very selective kind of very roles. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly, yeah. not her best. <laughs> I need to know who said to her, yeah, that's a great Italian accent. I mean, maybe her mom. She is Italian. (laughs) All right. I mean. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) Final thoughts on Drop That Gorgeous Simone. It's one of my favorite movies. Hold on. Stop it. Sorry, my cat's, like, digging in a box, and I thought, like, it was really, really loud. It's one of my favorite movies ever. I think anyone could watch, everyone should watch it, but, like, especially if you are a big fan of, like, really irreverent, like, character-driven comedy, like, you will love this. It's just, it's so goofy, and it is a movie that, like, just could not be made today. So, for all of those reasons, you should watch it. All right, you ha- you heard it from a real Minnesotan. Minnesotan? <laughs> Minnesotan. 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 Oh, God. I just think immediately of Trixie Mattel when she does her Minnesotan accent. Trixie Mattel, well, she has a pretty good Minnesotan accent, but she's from Wisconsin and they tack a little bit different. Oh, that's right. Minnesotans do. (laughs) Pardon me. Pardon my ignorance of the Midwest. John would hate this. He gets mad when I just name any state and I'm like, yeah, the Midwest. Well, and just on purpose. And especially Minnesota and Wisconsin. They have beef. So, <laughs> I mean, I get that. Venezuela and Colombia, huge beef. <laughs> especially in pageants. Like, they get mad that we have more crowns than them. Wasn't the, uh, when Steve Harvey did that thing, the girl that, like, was a, like, a, the original winner, was she Miss Venezuela or Colombia? I believe so. <laughs> Oh, Colombia. It was Colombia. Miss Colombia. Gagged. I was like, yes, they lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve Harvey's like, oh, wait a minute. I made a mistake. And I was like, no. Harvey, don't do this to me. Uh, well, who won instead? Colombia? Colombia, yeah. No, Miss Philippines. Okay. It was Miss Philippines. So, like, they named Colombia as the winner. And then they're like, Philippines. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Dragger. That, if you liked that moment in past history, you will love Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> 100%. Like, this is the origin story of that moment. Steve Harvey watched that film before he went on stage and he said, I'm going to have my moment. <laughs> this is for me. <laughs> Denise Richards, I see you. <laughs> yes. Please, like, Get back on Instagram, do more movies, come on the podcast. We need you in culture. Like, we need you. This is a crisis and you need to be on your way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
Mental illness is one hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Simone Richie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, It was was a pleasure having you. This was so much fun. And anytime you want to talk about movies I like, Ted Lasso, Abbott Elementary, Denise Richards, here I am. Oh, God. And what a conversation it was. We hit all the high points. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, This is Let's Talk For Reels. And we will be back with a new episode next Thursday. And just remember, I can't tell you what that episode is because I still don't know which episode that will be. But thank you for joining us and have a good day.